You're listening to DraftKings Network. Yes, a million is a lot of money, but like a billion is so, I did not pass math, but a billion <laughs> is so much more than a million. I've seen grains of rice on TikTok. I've seen the comparison. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 16-ish. We are not sure anymore. Let's just be real. Of Too Many Men podcast, uh, I am Allison Lucan, and as always, I am joined by the brilliant Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hello. Wow. Two syllables I like to break it out once in a while. crazy. And the ever-stunning in all facets of life, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? I'm so much better now that you've hyped me up. Um, doing okay, I suppose. How are you? Hanging in, hanging in. We, uh, thank you guys so much for all the great feedback on last week's episode with Erica. Um, we all learned a lot. It was glad that you guys did too. And we hope to have her back on another episode. Um, but we have new content to discuss this week. Um, and of course there is a return to the shit list as is tradition. Shana, tell us who's made the shit list this week. Um, Besides the entire... your dogs. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Which one is that? That's both of them screaming at something. If one starts, the other has to. They're very upset about the NBA. So they, they're they my backup singers, <laughs> like ready to go. Well, we're talking shit about the NBA, who we have been nice to for the most part. Um, but right now they can fuck off because they... <laughs> They uh, came out, something about their return to play plan. You know, we, we heard things about the players' voices not being heard and overall the optics of it. But now the NBA is giving them all of these super fun things to come play basketball because your salary and finishing the season is not enough. Um, you get concerts and like a little bubble and you get games and fun things. So along with your personal chefs and everything, the NBA players get everything for doing their job. And the women, they exist. They get box lunches and they exist. You're welcome women. Thank you. You're part of our league. And uh, yeah, so it's it's not a good look. And uh, you know, you health and safety concerns. So let's gather everyone to listen to a concert. And uh, yeah, it just it, it's just not good. It's like what Erica said, that it's like the NBA players themselves are the biggest proponents of the WNBA. So they, and I don't think they want a concert. Like, I, it's just it, the way – I don't think they want to go to Disney. Like, just the way that, like, this is all happening. And um, it's just – there's so many facets of it to consider. But, like, the main one is that the players might not think what you are seeing, like, what they appear to think, you know, but, like – it's just a big farce. <laughs> well, and I, I just, like we talked about last week, like if you're already doing all of this for your male players, the resources are already there. Just let the women have the same resources. Put them it's, together. it's however many more meals. It's, it's however many more manicures and pedicures and decks of cards <laughs> or whatever. Like I don't, like I seriously don't understand. If you have two leagues or two teams that you control, two of anything that are going to do the same thing, put them together and save money by giving them all the same resources. It just makes sense yeah. to me. Well, yeah. Alex, Alex Nova put it best, I think, because he was like, no, they get box lunches, boxed uh, concerts with Spotify, boxed 
live entertainment with their Netflix. And uh, it, it really is the truth. And like you would think if the women do well, and you know, it's amazing. You tweet one goddamn thing about women's sports anywhere. And Don't you dare. Yeah, God forbid. And it's like, you do know they make less money than them. They bring in less money. Like, yes, I fucking know. Because of people like you, you know, I most definitely know. I can't go an hour without forgetting it if I dare say the word woman on Twitter. So it's like, thank you. Thank you so much, man on Twitter who doesn't even have a picture. But, um, you know. Every man on Twitter that does not have a picture watched Wolf of Wall Street for 75 minutes and tried to be Jordan Belfort, not seeing the ending. Even if they saw the ending, they would still try to be him. Yep. That's all on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... And can we discuss too, did you see this? Like, it's just like demoralizing that the teams are assigned to hotels at Disney based on their seating. Like the best teams are at the best hotel. No shit, I swear to God. Oh my God. And they're in. Just take it out of it, draft them. Put them in a, a fucking hat and draft, put the lottery balls in. Like, like honestly, you could, you could make a show out of that. Let's yes. talk about quarantine content. I want a draft. Do you see who's gonna get? I, I want to know about the hotels. I want to know who's getting what concerts. I want to know who's getting what sh chefs. I need an hour and a half each, only men. And when you do it for the women, make it as an hour special, but spend fifty-eight minutes talking about the men and doing <laughs> interviews with them, and two minutes let us letting us know what's happening with the women. Please, please, ESPN, put it on ESPN too. We'll love it. <laughs> I just want a picture of like. Adam Silver and company like on Splash Mountain like and well the WNBA is just like what are we do are we like what, what is the plan here like, you can go to, we're gonna make you a, we'll get you a slip and okay. slide this is scary it creeps me out um, but I also saw a great tweet from Pete Blackburn that was like um imagine if it was like the Bulls at the um like Disney quarantine NBA playoffs oh, yeah. Michael Jordan um, chasing Dennis Rodman as he's like banging Carmen Electra in every country in Epcot. Like, damn it, at least if we have this, we could go back and like, I wish that it was that era, but it's not. So here we are and everything sucks. Well, it's interesting too, right? Because we're seeing all these details uh, come out about the NBA and as much as we just shat upon them for not um, proving to hold true to equality in all sense, there is some stuff going on in the NBA that gets them on our newest segment, the anti-shit list. Um, and this is, Sarah brought this up when we were kind of talking about what we wanted to talk about today. And it's the idea of players really finally starting to claim their own power. And in the NBA, we've seen some players saying they don't want to provide a distraction from what's happening in the real world um, with the social issues that need to be addressed. Uh, we're seeing that in college football with some players having some demands for a more equal life experience in their sport and in their college life um, from their universities. We're seeing them hold coaches accountable. Um, Sarah, this was something that struck a chord with you. What what comes to mind when you think about players finally claiming their power? Yeah, I just think I covered college sports when I was in college, obviously, and you just and then you learn all like how unfair it is and how like you think if they're coming back during a pandemic and also um, like 98% of these guys will never make it to the NFL, like whatever the statistic is, and just they're risking a lot for coming back and like it's the, the peer pressure, the hive mind. It's like, 
I'm not going to be the one to say no, but like also the Mike Gundy thing where um, he was wearing a, I have never even heard of that news uh, station, but then once I watched a few clips that were on my Twitter feed, I'm just like, oh my God. And it's like, it's just a shirt, but how can people say that like people are so intentionally obtuse in this era? It's like, how can you say that without knowing what that represents and what he can wear whatever shirt he wants. Yeah. But it's free speech and it's free reaction to free speech. Like that's not the best way to make your predominantly African-American or black, um, players. Yeah. But yeah, like what's the word for when you're coaching somebody? It's been a day, but um, that's not a way to make your players connect with you at all, especially when they're publicly speaking out about it. But the fact that they felt that they could publicly speak out about it right now is just, that's great, even though it, the situation sucks. I think, did you guys see Jamel Hill's uh, tweet? She said, you know, if you're, if you're going to lead a group that is ma- mainly made up of black athletes, you should at the bare minimum be expected to truly believe that black lives matter. And that's, exactly. that's what this is about. You can't, and like you said, Sarah, the, the sports are a machine. We know this, but particularly at the university level, who, how many people cheer for these athletes? How many people buy stuff with their numbers on it, pay for tickets, the university profits, and these are the same people who refuse to see the equality in every single human being that's out there and might treat those people unfairly outside of a football field or a basketball arena or what have you. And I, I think the players are awesome. I'm all the power to them in the world. Yeah, I think about that yeah. all the time. Just yeah. like the disparity of like watching your favorite team and then knowing that like, how can you reconcile that? How can you not see your favorite athlete as a human it's just like the just dribble shut up and dribble thing like how can you think that it's beyond me but it's so prevalent absolutely Shayna, your thoughts um it's yeah it's nice to see that uh players take their platforms the players that do take their platform seriously to do something good which you know obviously it's a lot of pressure on a player and they don't come into saying i want to play basketball to suddenly be a role model but if you do and you're in the professional leagues like it it comes with the territory of it so it's important to see that from players that everything it does affect players that it may not affect to speak up you know we spoke about that a lot last week so you know now if you didn't before you can now and if you were worried to before like there's always the chance to do it so and Shana you said you kind of see some of this and what the MLB is doing right now too now I literally honest to god can't with it, it's too much for me, but share your thoughts on, on what those players are trying to do too, to make sure they're protected. Well, you know, the players are always going to be viewed, viewed as the villain somehow to fans. Like the players are spoiled and selfish. Oh, you don't want to play. I, it really doesn't make sense to me because they're like, oh, it sounds, they are the ones that come out as petty. And obviously the leagues do control the narratives more than a player. So it's nice to see them taking the power back. Right now what's going on, it's billionaires versus millionaires fighting over millions. And I understand it comes off horrible, especially with what's going on, but you're the billionaire sitting at your house. You're not going to the arena. You're not putting yourself at risk. You're not, you are making your money sitting on your ass doing absolutely nothing while these players are putting themselves at risk, not seeing their families and doing it for entertainment in, in, in the middle of a pandemic. And like, we get it, but you have to understand this from the player's perspective. It's not fair to them. So 
you know, it's nice to see players like Jean Doolittle and I think um, was it Max Scherzer maybe who also said something like they were very He's vocal about it. Yeah, they're very vocal about what's going on. And it's nice that they get to inform fans of their perspective too. And it's not just to alleviate them of the pressure, but it's to be completely honest, which they should be. And we all know if there's no baseball because of this, there might not be baseball next year because of the CBA. So it's like, there's so much riding on it that you don't want to fuck around with it right now. But it's like, it's nice that they're actually being open with it because people should be understanding their perspective. They're dealing with the same shit, obviously on a smaller scale and with more money riding on it for them because they don't have their incomes from years past, like the baseball players do to like lean back on. But it's the question, are you ready to go back to work? Is it safe to go back to work? Yes, it's entertainment for you, but it's work for them. So you really have to look at it from their perspectives. Yeah. And the minor leagues, it's just oh, that's brutal. $400 a week payment to begin with. And then how do you, how do you call this in a minor league of the MLB? If it's so you're not, seriously trying to develop players if you're not investing right. in them and they're just right. not being invested in and now they're the disrespect of being in limbo without like any sort of announcement just kind of like it's pathetic when these owners make billions of dollars like and yes a million is a lot of money but like a billion is so i did not pass math but <laughs> a billion is so much more than a million i've seen <laughs> grains of rice on tiktok i've seen the comparisons like how do you how do you have a billion dollars and you don't want to help the sport that you're supposedly in long-term invested in growth? Like it's the stupidest, most infuriating thing, and I don't think anybody should be a billionaire. That's it. <laughs> I just appreciate how Shana said, like we um, all you know, know about the CBA, and I'm like, I, I don't know anything about baseball by choice. But I don't if you don't like it, I don't blame you. It's you know, like some people are like, ah, oh, please like my sport. I get it. So I don't like it. I'm just from Boston. So you're forced to like know what's at the very basic level going on. For sure. For sure. So, well, speaking of sports, we do follow. There is actual hockey news, my friends. Actual hockey things are happening in that teams are in, this is phase two, which is uh, started June 10th, where players can get together in small groups not led by the team proper, but there can be there can be one coach and one goaltending coach um, at these little practice sessions. But players in small groups of no more than six um, can get together and start working out. Um, you may not be doing it at your home arena with your home team. You might be where you live. You might be in Europe. I know players are doing it in Finland and, and all over the place. Um, but Sarah, you just put out an article on this uh, this week. So tell us what you're hearing, what you're learning about this kind of pseudo let's pretend like we're actually going to have the rest of the season <laughs> happening yeah really weird because they can still be they're in, they decided on a july 10th date because they wanted to have a date for training camp aka phase three but they can this like there's so many different like aspects to that where everything could go wrong like they just don't if talks stall up, then there's no training camp. So basically all these trainers and all these doctors and all these strength and conditioning coaches are trying to make plans for not only are these players remote, not only do they have limited material and they don't have access to any of the information. Like there's a special number that the Hurricanes use that um, 
it's all about like how much sleep you got, your heart rate, things like that. They have to have a like computer computer in person to monitor. And there's none of that. And the hardest part is that they don't have a date per se, but they are planning like it's July 10th. Um, I just talked to like some people on the hurricane staff about what they're doing. And they admitted like it's it's pretty hard because you don't want to get the goal is to this is what Bill Bernison said, the strength and conditioning coach of the Hurricanes. We're looking at it backwards from the July 10th training camp start date. We've broken it up into three phases. So guys will come in as if they're reporting to normal training camp. We're trying to get them not exactly at their peak, but in a position to peak when we need them to peak. And of course, that's a very increased risk of injury when you're going from training camp to playoffs immediately and it's just so I like I really feel for the trainers after I wrote this article just because it's there's so many implications and they're trying to mitigate the risk to benefit factor as well as they can and um, it's uncharted territory like a lot of the trainers in the NHL are working out together right now to working together just to make sure everybody's safe because that's the most important thing and um, it, it just seems like nothing they can do is really going to make this safe in multiple ways, which is pretty concerning. We're just all kind of pretending that um, this is going to be fine. So good stuff. Yeah, everyone, everyone's like just forgotten, you know, like it's like a new, new news cycle or something else going on. And they just like act like everything's back to normal because it's like, you're slowly getting there and uh, it should be recognized that like you're not there yet. Like, it's not a hard concept, but evidently it is. And, like, it's crazy to me. Like, if you think about a a European player who went back home, which I totally would have done, I would have gone home. You have to come back and sit through two weeks of quarantine, which word is that, you know, organizations are telling their players to come back now so they can quarantine and be ready for camp. So you have to come back, sit through two weeks of quarantine, which isn't going to be fun. Then you have to go through a training camp exercise. And if you're in the play-in round, you could go through all of that for three games. Like if you get swept in a five game series, you're out in three games. You're not, it's not even a week. Like I would be so pissed <laughs> if I was one of those players. Your, your reward is seeing your family and having life again. That is yeah. not playing hockey. But like, it just seems so much work and it's right. so much like even, um, and this is how it always starts with like, former players or like fringe players where we'll kind of start to speak out about hey like maybe this um isn't gonna work or maybe i wouldn't want to do this if i were an nhl player at this moment and then you kind of rumblings of some it's just like it's it's important for fans to remember that it's not a unanimous players they haven't even voted on it first of all yet to see if they will finish the season but even if they do it's not going to be a unanimous vote and um even if on paper a lot of them do say yes i know that i've at least talked to a few that have a lot of concerns because it does seem like they're galloping over hoops like galloping over hoops um gallop like jumping through hoops that didn't really work as well as i intended but um then for what for you really have to ask yourself for what so i mean i did when i talked to the hurricanes strength and conditioning coach he said the mindset that he's trying like because he has to get them ready and it's all about mentality and he said that um every conversation he has he's just kind of like 
if you're coming back, we're winning the cup. Like that's, that's it, period. We're winning the cup. And like, that's just, you just have to keep your eye on the prize if you're going to come back. But like, it's going to be hard to get through the phase of like, oh, we voted no. Oh, um, like theoretically, oh, we have to reconcile with the fact that we're going to play no matter what. Like being forced to play hockey during a global pandemic is a lot. So that's why I have. Well, and here's my question for you. So that we all know there's this whole idea of hub cities and everyone's like, oh, Vegas is a foregone conclusion. Like part of me feels like that is almost worse because if you're there to play hockey and you have to be quarantined, but you're like in Vegas, like where all this fun is like literally less than a block away, but you can't, you're not supposed to go do it. I think that would suck even worse. It's like, ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> like you get your little concert with Fallout Boy. You get your little... I don't even know. You're there at the Bellagio over there. I thought it was funny that the Hurricanes will probably play in Vegas um, if Vegas is the hub spot. Um, I don't know. Someone did the math, and I was like, that's interesting. Because during the season, we were in Vegas for like a week. So they definitely know the arena. <laughs> well, just, and, go ahead, Shayna. It's just amazing to me that you keep hearing about these cities that are offering to do, to host it, and you see the cases rising because everything's reopening. So, like, if I'm a player in Vegas, I don't fucking want to go anywhere. I want to stay in my hotel room, right? cover myself in probably, like, saran wrap to, like, avoid touching anything. Because, like, you don't want anything to fuck up your chances of playing. You went through all of this to play. You don't want it that now you got to this quarantine location, and now you're fucked. Like, that's, that's, I don't know where my head is. And the other part of it is... The West is in the East, the East is in the West, right? So like well, we don't know, but we so th- there's a chance of that, yes. So if you are an Eastern Conference team, I would imagine that you're playing games at 1 and 4 o'clock or 1 and 5 o'clock, so you can um, play for times that works for the Eastern Conference. If you're in the West and you're playing in the East, are you going to be playing 10 p.m. games? Are you going to be playing games and not airing them live? Or are you just going to adjust and hope that it works for your fans? Because if you're able to play, you're – getting semi back to normalcy. So you wanted that, like, you know, you can um, see the game actually, and then not be like, you're still working. <laughs> we, okay, we have Shana's dog on the podcast. It's our special cat. Do you way. have any words? This has been the most. <laughs> She's a lab dog. She just like hangs out. She's, She's the so best. Cute. She's the best. Well, I say the, that you're good. You're you guys, all over. But um, it's even like Orlando. Um, yeah. with the NBA it's like the cases are rising and it's it just goes to show that no, we're all in a global pandemic um, nobody has been through this before um, in any of these leadership positions and that people try to plan it out with who has the least cases and then like I know that cases in Raleigh are rising like exponentially while cases in Boston are dropping right now so it's like in the beginning that was not the case at all and it's like very unpredictable and we're just predicting it where uh, like it seems so like we're going to disney like this is right. so, it is really dystopian to me well and it, it's, it's even crazier did you see the uh so the nba released their like what a day would look like for a player like their schedule i didn't see that i would be too like triggered to click on it <laughs> and like wait that's decided they like have they i don't know i mean listen. oh okay 
Okay. I, but it looked pseudo official, but like this is the same line of tweets that was talking about how many decks of cards are going to be used and for how long and what's going to happen to them. So who's to say? I want to know what they're playing with those decks of cards. If these aren't the questions being asked, I need to know what games, who's good at what. Like this is the content I care about. But anyway, carry on. Like they were saying that like and no hardly any media will be there and then like media is going to be done via like video like like zoom meetings like the whole thing is just so bizarre i can't That's even thing. yeah that sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but that, i feel like skip bayless sometimes but that's the thing like we have kind of i don't know how much i can say about this but that we're discussing who is going to go is anybody going to go and the zoom meeting thing is something that the nhl has also discussed and it's like well i'm not going to pay seventy thousand dollars to go to outside of the bubble and just to be like what am i going to wave at the hamilton when he does his um pre-game warm-up like right it's just like that seems pretty silly and it's not anybody in on specific NHL teams faults it's going to be we'll, we'll see what the NHL does and I don't know if it's a fault it's just one of the many things that it's like kind of takes you out of the hole like we're doing this to feel normal but like this does not feel normal at all right and I'm going to do a zoom interview from my home right <laughs> well and like what pe and you know people rip on the media all the time for all the like standard quotes you know of like I'm just happy to be here got to put in a full 60 the reality with this is that is all that's going to happen because it's going to be so hard to get the original content because that's that doesn't come from the video and the audio that people see on tv that comes from people don't understand any, that. yeah but like the 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 kind of work that that we've all strived to do isn't coming from what you see there it comes from the conversations that happen outside these little snippets yeah. and that's not going to happen on zoom in a zoom scrum of 30 minutes max or whatever it's going to be you know wait but it's still going to be talked over by 75 men who are asking well, yeah. what fun things you're doing to work out which i guess i just wrote a story about that but i actually talked to people that facilitate the workout so right. maybe like call somebody like i don't know i just the zoom calls at the same time because it's yeah. like that's not 20 hockey men click on yeah, mute yeah and then i'm like <laughs> <laughs> during um Bartnuk when he voted no um, oh my God, the Tony Hawk reference. But um, when he, the Hurricanes voted no, I'm like, my Zoom is going in and out. I'm like, this is a serious subject. And I'm laughing like, classic, I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Like, it's just, that's not, it'll be fun. But I'm definitely like, if that happens, I'm not going to do Zoom interviews. I'm going to like talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. Right, right. Wait, but what about the, and I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus. I would never do such a thing. But what about the reporters who are very hell-bent on the fact that you need to be at the game to understand what's going on in the game and you, like, Kona, work with me. Kona's very <laughs> upset with this oh my philosophy. God. Uh, no, yeah. she's, she's, she's like, don't, don't you be rude. But no, like, there are, there are obviously reporters, more traditional reporters who are very, like, you have to watch the game live and you see it differently than you would on TV and you need to speak to the players to understand what's going on. Like, I mean, selfishly, I'm kind of like, I'd like to see what everyone can do when they face the challenge of not being able to do that. This should push everybody. Like, we're talking about broadcast, right? How can you be creative? It's going to push writers and it should. How can you be creative? Because everyone now is getting that same soundbite on a Zoom call. Obviously, you can talk to them separately separately and those well, that do maybe yeah if you do those like that do will have better questions and things like that 
But like for the rest of them, I'm curious, like, will they start analyzing tape and will they give us something better than the effort and the competitiveness that I think is stuff that like us three would want to read, you know? Right. I, I'm well, just curious. The only thing watching the games live for 82 games a season has taught me is that I need glasses. Like I get a better experience analyzing the game when I'm at home. And it, it when you have a certain, I always say practice is my favorite to get like actual personality out of the players sure. because that's, sure. and that's what I do. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm a statistician like you guys, but like, I, I'd love to ask them silly questions and you don't need to be at the game or even watch the game for that. Right? right. But when I do watch the game, I rewatch, if I'm trying to analyze something and I'm trying to get Shana to like, please make me a video. Like when I'm like, Shana, I miss the, Oh my God. I'm about to cry because I miss asking you for a video at three in the morning and you responding <laughs> at three oh one. being like, you know, um, but I like, what am I going to be? That's the thing I hear. Like the people be like, why are you up? Like, I finished work probably at two. There's a good right. chance I finished anywhere between 11 and two, or I'm up writing myself, or sometimes like I'll be working when the game's on and I'm like watching, but then I'm like, I'm like, let me watch it in full while it's fresh in my head. Or like, sometimes I just want to like knit and unwind when I don't yeah. have a dog, as you guys can see, wreaking havoc on me Then I'm like, I'm just going to like turn on the West Wing and knit for an hour. And then like, if my phone lights up, I see it. And I'm like, all right, video computer is three inches from me. Or I'm just that big of a nerd. We'll never know. I'm like boarding the plane. I'm like, Shayna, please. Like I need a one time like Trip Tracy, the Hurricanes broadcaster was like, what are you watching? I was like clips from this game that just happened from Shayna. He was like, oh my God. So you're impressive. So don't sell yourself short. But it's still, I do miss that. But I also. We'll be back. And now that the Rangers are playing the Hurricanes, I'll be clipping a million things during, the, even if I'm not writing, probably just to like, go blog somewhere, I'll be like, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it, so you'll get your That's videos. That's true winner of this play-in round that we get Shayna back and we can create content together. Well, we will see if the playoffs happen at all. Uh, like oh my said, God. there's- See, we were, why are we like on step 70 when yep. it's like step one has not even been, I'm like- We're counting all of our chickens, me. yeah. <laughs> So they may not be back, but, but we do have something that's, that's real and that's new. And we, attention must be paid, my friends, because late yesterday, the internet, which causes us so much pain, so much grief, so much strife, recognized all that it sucks from our souls and provided us with a gift. And in this Too Many Men Bit of News segment, another new feature for all of you wonderful people. I like this, this bit of news. This bit of news. We have a new Twitter account to talk about, my friends. The handle is DeGuido Jr. Shayna, walk us through the gift that is at DeGuido Jr. on the Twitter machine, please. There is a certain player on a certain team that I may or may not write about who has views that are very controversial and rightfully so and has done some things that are very controversial and rightfully so and he is incredibly active on Twitter and I would say because he has a new podcast he's stirring up shit just to have something to talk about because you know you have to have a segment breaking down mean tweets about you because 
who doesn't like to name search himself and see everything that every you know everyone says and then stand on your high horse and talk shit about them when you are even worse for name searching but i digress that's, that's the one thing me and tony d'angelo have in common <laughs> If you don't call him out and be like, you're such a loser for talking about me. And it's like, you just searched the tweet from a month ago to talk shit about it. But like, all right. But um, some somebody has a nice parody account because we need something good after seeing anything that goes on on social media from that certain someone who likes to post people being mean to him on Twitter on his Instagram too. So someone can pat him on the back before he goes to bed at night. Um, it's it's a, a nice account. A lot of a lot of capital letters, a lot of Italian things, all about the Olive Garden. Had a conversation with the Olive Garden, which is, I mean, that's like that four was, goals in your first game. That, that's I laughed, left right there. So I, I laughed for the first time in three days after um, <laughs> seeing the intro. He was like, "When is the Olive Garden gonna open?" Um, just, I'm Italian. Hey, I'm tweeting here. Like that's what it's like whole Twitter account boils down to because what happened? He got like offended that so he got offended that somebody was making fun of Italians. I don't even remember. He was like, "This my Italian pride." I'm like, yeah, which totally had nothing to do with things about the statues going in the water for very racist reasons. Nothing to do with that. The real, the real player <laughs> or the or the parody account got offended. The real player. The real player. Okay. Thing okay. Started. Yeah. Okay. Because what did he say? Like it's like. What did he, what was the tweet about? Um, oh God, it was something like about his Italian pride or something like yeah. that. Something that, he, in, in all caps letters, and it's like, oh God. You know what my Italian pride is? Hey, I'm tweeting over here. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So it made me laugh really hard. I'm like sending it to the guy that I like and he's like not laughing. I'm like, well, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> such a funny Twitter account. I can't even. It's it. like the height of all the bad on the internet that you will see about someone. You, It's like, it's not to minimize that bad, but there are aspects of it you have to poke fun at. And that who whoever created this account has so much to work with. Like we're tweeting. We have to come up with things out of our ass. This person, it's being handed to him on a silver platter every other minute that you're just like, go off. Well, the best was how earnest and look, I, we it is much documented that br that brand managers who work in digital deserve trophies and raises and bonuses. But the sweet poor person who's working the Olive Garden Twitter, <laughs> like with such earnestness, they don't know. And or do like, they? Well, maybe, but they were like, or do they, they? I don't know they, them. They said we we will be open soon. We have locations that are open, and we hope to see you for carry out like. Can we invite them on the Olive Garden? If you're listening, we would like your Sponsor social media person Sponsor on us. our podcast. Uh, you guys are thinking bigger than me. One, <laughs> come on our podcast. Two, sponsors. Three, if you want to just send us all food to each of our respective homes, you know, we could sit there eating it on the podcast. I wouldn't be opposed. I could take a breadstick. I take a salad. I'd be happy. Bottomless, bottomless salad and breadsticks, baby. Bring it on to me. I love it. Call us Olive Garden. So we, we do thank the internet. <laughs> For, for Tony DeGuido Jr. Any other thoughts on, on this, this fine Twitter account that we have, my friends, in our bit of news, in our Too Many Men bit of news? Enjoy. Sit back <laughs> and enjoy. Get a group chat and talk shit about everything and enjoy that. Yes, because no, that's actually, I don't know what it was that unleashed my, um, okay, so just getting DMs about, um, harassment things that I filed about online. But anyway, so um, 
I think that it's a, just a funny release to like the frustrations with the with him. I've just seen it. You see it a lot. I don't like to talk. I hate talking about players that I don't actually know and that I don't have never sat down and talked to and that I haven't. I know I don't necessarily agree with his views, but um, don't bring Italian into this because I'm Italian. And also, I, I just, it, it, it's very weird that it hasn't been like. Handled? Yeah. Managed, <laughs> yeah. silenced, anything. Passive, passive voice, yeah. It has not been yeah. handled. It's, so that's it. That's just to me when I like, when I think we're in the media and we're like, well, at what point do you step in with players about certain social media posts? It's like, yep. you know, you know, you've talked to PR people and it's um, like seven weeks before this. So I'm yeah. glad that Tony <laughs> DeGuido has taken it into their own hands. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such like, okay, like, it's obviously a weird position to be in because you don't want to be like, I'm just going to sit here and whatever. Like, I'm not saying a person can't have views that disagree with like mine or ours and yeah. we're just going to make fun of them because they do. But I do think that as much as we've talked about, you know, you have a platform, you should be a role model and maybe someone thinks genuinely that their views are it. There comes to a point where you're not being a role model. And if anything, you're, you saying certain things and certain words that it's not just that they're not politically correct or anything like that. They're just, you can't say them. You can't do it. You get to a point where you're like, it does need to be addressed. It has been addressed before. And we can't look and at something. Here we are. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> oh, well, this person's a kid. You have a platform. If you are spewing out garbage constantly, then you have to be able to take it better. And overall, yeah. take like you, you're opening the door to it. And it just, it all just, I feel for whoever, like, is in the position to ever deal with this with their players, yeah. but like, because like, you don't want to sit there and be like, well, I'm sorry, you can't have a personality, but like, there does have to be some sort of a line if you're a public figure, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what you are. So try not to cross that line and maybe just, you can spew your bullshit all you want, but don't cross that line that no human period should cross. Don't, don't say the N word I'm begging you. Like, don't be racist, don't be misogynistic, don't be homophobic. Just be a human. It's it's it takes a lot yeah. less effort to and be acts, a human. Yeah, he acts like he's being silenced. It's like yeah. um, you're really not, and we can all see that. Um, and I'm not saying he should be, but like everybody should be able to react accordingly. That's yeah. the freedom of speech he so craves. That's not even freedom of speech because freedom of speech is about your employer not being able to, or the government. No, your employer can fire you for whatever. Right. Um, even being gay up until last week, even though they still can. But um, just at will, Google it. But anyway, um, the fact that he keeps talking about freedom of speech, it's like, that's about the government not arresting you. I don't understand yeah. what people don't understand about that, but. Um, well, and let's, let's be real. He's not alone in not understanding that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's oh a lot of people. But like, it just comes to like, look, he was someone that things were posted on the internet about Ryan Strom's playing ability. And it was, yes, charts and fancy stats and things like that, which is obviously not something that's his vibe, which, okay, it doesn't have to be. And he talked shit about it and dragged people that were making fun of it. And, oh, you're a computer warrior, blah, 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 making fun of that. There's, honestly, 
there really isn't anything wrong with that. Like if anything, it's kind of funny, it's entertaining, he's defending his teammate, whatever. Like you're free to speak, like there's a difference. And if you don't get that difference, then you need more than just a lesson in social media. You need a lesson in literally everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna At least we have the Olive Garden interaction with Thank you. <laughs> in all caps. keep me going. Well, I have no smooth transi- transition off of that, but we'll go on to how we end every show, our very favorite segment. Um, again, thank you to our listeners for submitting these. Um, we try and go through the list of what you guys have given us, but keep them coming in. Um, we have two. Uh, one hockey and one non-hockey but sports adjacent uh, for this week. I will we'll do the hockey one first because it's a tease because at some point uh, we will we will maybe next week we'll get into the real meat of our postseason awards now that we've all actually done the work for it. <laughs> um, but let's do a, a fuck Mary kill. Sarah, you're going to go first. Okay. Okay. And this is this is the the oh, the concept of the award, not necessarily who's winning the award. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill, the heart, the Norris, or the Selkie? I'm going to marry the heart because it's the only one that, like, is true to, it's, it's going to find, it's the only one that's true to its origin, right? It's like the MVP of the team, not like the best player in the NHL, and that's why I voted for blank, where you're not allowed to say, but like I, it's the MVP of the team, not the best player in the NHL. And that is very clearly explicitly stated in the rules. So we got to love an upfront king. We marry the heart. Um, Fuck the Selkie, because I like the idea. I like the idea, but nobody really knows who's like the best. And it's just like Patrice Bergeron might as well just put him in there and you're not wrong, but are you necessarily right? I don't know. That's a, it's a good philosophical debate and I will kill the Norris because it's just a shit show and they need to make another award for best defensive. Like why not just separate the two of what people argue about constantly about this award into two different awards. It's not like a cap on awards. We can do as many as we want. And we're still out here doing the lady bang when we don't know how players act on or off the ice and we vote on this. This makes no sense. Shayna, your takes. I am going to kill the Selkie. I like the, I, I, look, I love defensive forwards, and when you talk, they're some of like my favorite players to watch, favorite players to write about. Um, give me a team of all Mark Stones, and I will never complain. So, you know, it's definitely something I like, but I feel like of the awards, it's the one that's done kind of the worst, and just that there's three names that kind like like you, it's Bergeron, Kopitar, Taves, the three of them, go, there you go. And it's like you forget or don't fully understand how to measure it and this is where fancy stats definitely come in because if you want to talk about how you stop something from occurring you know you can't always you can't always quantify it so because what was supposed to happen didn't so I feel like that's the one I will kill because I feel like it's done the worst and the laziest um I'm gonna fuck the Norris like I I agree with what you both are saying like 
there should be two separate awards, but I also think that the NOR should be the, the award that pushes people to figure out who should win it the most, you know, like understanding what makes a defenseman really good or what makes them not so good or what makes them good offen offensively or actually good defensively. And I think that right there is the key to it because it's not just block shots or their plus minus, like those, it's so much fun to really diving into that. But um, it is usually done by like points or the overall play. And if you want to learn about how to look at a defenseman's play, two articles I'd recommend specifically with the Norris, Dom Lushishan did one and our amazing Allison Lucan did one that I have read literally anytime I analyze a defenseman, I go back to that story and I'm like, let me make sure I hit certain things or if there's something maybe I forgot because we don't do it right. So in theory, I like it. I just think the execution is bad. So I only want to fuck it because I don't want to commit. And you then, want the execution? No, that's a reason to not fuck something. <laughs> maybe the, well, the execution might be good. Like people yeah. recognizing Roman Yossi should win it this year. It's done right. You know, last year, just handing it away. You're like, okay, or Drew Doughty the year he won it. Like, I don't want to touch it then. So it's like, you have an option. You're not chained to it. Um, You're intrigued. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe this year I want to fuck you. Maybe I don't. Okay. Um, I'll marry the heart because yeah, it's, it's, it, again, Another award that is sometimes done wrong and you forget things like maybe the fact that Leandre Seidel sucks defensively or plays with Connor McDavid a lot while you're picking your whatever. But the fact is it's the most valuable player and you're looking at this player that's this like, oh my God, amazing player. And there's so many good players to choose from and you're looking at what makes them the most valuable. And I think that is a very cool award that always should be there. The most valuable player from the best player. That's like the award that 100% should be there. And I feel like is the one maybe people get closest to when they're analyzing it because yeah. It's easier to judge how good is this player at everything. So, in theory, again, if Drysaddle wins this year, maybe not. But yeah, that's my. I didn't vote for Drysaddle. That's all. <laughs> Our queen. I will also marry the heart uh, for many of the similar reasons that you guys said. Um, but I am going to kill the Norris because the reason I wrote that article that Shana so generously mentioned is because it in fear. Properly measuring defensive play is like my holy grail. It's been my holy grail for years. And it infuriates me that particularly if we're talking about defensemen, that you go to points. Like this is, this is completely counterintuitive. You could be the worst defenseman, but if you score a lot of points, you're somehow a Norris candidate and you're using minutes, which is a coach's decision, which is infuriating to me. Ooh. Points were made. <laughs> good points. And I just, it, I, it, it literally makes me so angry every time it comes up. I can't even deal with it. It needs to go away. Um, Selkie, I will fuck because I do think it's fun. And as Shana and I were talking about these awards uh, for something else earlier this month, um, I went down an Elias Pedersen hole. And oh, this what is, a, that's my favorite person in the NHL. The kid literally called a penalty on himself this year. I love him. I love him. He's my favorite person in the NHL. I didn't vote for him for literally any awards, and that should show you I'm not biased. <laughs> but I give him my like, I give him a leaving. So, I like so, it's drawn penalties and all that. Yeah. So it's so it can be fun. Um, all right. Our second and final fuck. Wait, he called a wait. Sorry, he called a penalty on himself. Yes. Can we like have video of that? Like on. Oh yeah, I'll find yeah. it. I yeah. Found, yeah. I'll. I'll that is my king. It's amazing. Um, and then he also apologized to a player he hit in the face with a puck mid-game. I saw that. <laughs> Give him the Lady Bing for the rest of his career. Yes. There you go. Yeah, that's actually, the I voted for I slave in. Yeah, whatever. But, no, that's a good that's a good choice. But like you're not the, supposed to say. 
I yeah. know, but I can say that. Everyone Wait, tell, knows you, Sarah told me that she did not vote for Slavin, but she advises others to vote for Slavin. Actually, Perfect. that's what she said. But Perfect. see, that's that's one of the only awards that is like reputation and whatever that it actually works. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. I know he's a gentleman. I know he's a good person and blah, 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 blah. He's never swore or drank a full beer in his entire life. Oh my God. He's and he's literally about to set a record for the least penalties to time on ice in NHL defenseman history. Why are you not winning the Lady Bing? It just goes to show this is a pointless award that nobody actually thinks about, totally. especially about some fellow in um, Carolina. That's it. Woo! Final fuck, Mary kill. Sh Shana, you're up first on this one because you're going to have the takes that I bet Sarah and I disagree with. Uh, fuck, Mary kill uh, came in this week. Uh, baseball, football, basketball. I like now. I'm, okay, I'm trying to put my current feelings aside. Correct. This is everyone has something problematic about them. Yes. That we yeah. Okay, I am going to. I'm going to marry baseball. Because, of course, I'm going to. We knew it. Okay. Baseball it. is not a sport that you're going to sit there like hockey, like, watching intently. Unless it's the playoffs or it's that exciting of a game. Still no. I, I like for in the summer, I like it when we're hanging out by the pool, you put baseball on the radio. Or if there's, like, if we bring out a TV, you have a game on. You're doing your thing. Like, I can sit there and I'm writing an article and I'll have baseball in the background. And it's like, I mean, is that something you really want to marry? I don't know. But, like, I love it. I love <laughs> the background noise. I like the, I like the statistical side of it. I think that they come up with the concepts, you know, they were one of the first to really break into that and things like that. And it's cool. I like baseball. So I'm going to marry that. I'm marrying Rich. <laughs> That's all I have for you. <laughs> you know, Allison can officiate weddings. Yes. I did learn this. Yes. And if I ever get married, which I am very against, but if I ever do... Allison is officiating my wedding. It's well, we, can make it, we can make it an unwedding and just not file the paperwork. I can get into that too. Yeah, free shoes. Totally free shoes. Yes. 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 Do you guys want to officiate the wedding and also be my maid of honors? My non-maid of honors. Isn't it yes. maids of honor? Maids of honor. Game seven. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. 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 I am going to, I like football. I watch football. I actually hate everything about football. I hate the league. I hate who runs it. I hate the concussions. So there is so much fucking wrong with football. As much as I enjoy the sport itself, if we're talking football like the NFL, I am killing it um, because there's way too much that is never going to be fixed there because there are a bunch of dumbass men running it that never want to fucking learn. So see you bye. And I will fuck basketball because that is something that like, I'm not a big basketball person. I never... I hated it for like ever. And then I started watching it like last year, really, like besides big games, like I got kind of into it and I like women's basketball. So, oh, fuck that because it, it's fun and they have data and things like that too. So they're like, they have good things. Unlike a sport where everyone gets their head knocked in and then they go, well, just kidding. We don't believe in any of that. So that's my take. Sarah, to you. <laughs> um, okay. I'll marry basketball. I love basketball. I covered basketball in Boston for two weeks and everybody started calling me Civvy Buckets because everybody knew it was my dream because I always talk about how much, how cool the NBA is and how much their players support the WNBA and how much the players speak out about it, even if it's on their shoes or on their shirts, the, I, the Eric Garner, I can't breathe. And um, 
just the individualism that the players have and the autonomy at, like in proportion to the MLB or the NHL. Like LeBron can literally call someone and be like, let's go to um, the Spurs tomorrow. And it would happen. Like they yeah. would like half the NBA would be like moved to the Spurs. And I, I love that. And that gives them um, such a, just a hand in how things actually go. And um, also my dad played and then we grew up huge Celtics fans. It's easy to like enjoy the Celtics. So that was always my, I was always pissed that it was like the NHL and the NBA are in the same season yeah. because that's my favorite sport to watch where I'm not constantly like analyzing. But even Shana, I can't believe that you don't love the NBA yet because you need to look at their like, the way that they do analytics yeah. and stuff. I know, I know. I that I like. I actually like. I that got me into. I started watching. God, I'm gonna say this, but Toronto in the playoffs last sure. year, and they were the team that like I found super interesting. And then like you start reading up things, and I'm like, okay, this is great. But you have to also keep in mind, I have the Knicks. I wouldn't want to touch up with the ten foot pole. Okay, I watched no the more. Liberty. Say no more. <laughs> and now you got a good one in the Liberty, but. Yes. Also, just um, the way they make the stats accessible and easy, like, easy to understand so people can learn the game. Love it. Just really. Also, basketball jerseys. Can we talk about how amazing they are? Did not know this until I got mine. Love them. New favorite thing. Love it. Love that. See, they'll make you a fan, whereas in other leagues, they try to do everything they can to make you hate this sport. (laughs) And if you're a woman, it's here's something pink. Here's pink and sparkles. Enjoy, fan. hate that but okay so I will fuck the NFL just because your baseball is my NFL like I'll I'm not gonna I would listen to music while writing not like watch the NFL but like I will listen I'm from Boston and I would go to Super Bowl parties and be like I'm from Boston yeah this is like great I hated Tom Brady forever and we can get that on the record but I I think he's a lizard person, but he lost to Eli Manning twice. So there's yeah. that. True. But it was always something like an excuse to drink on a Sunday. It felt like making it like a fun Sunday, you know? Yep. So I will give the NFL that, nothing else. Um, and then I will kill baseball for everything. Just think it's the worst. And we, ha- we can go far into my history to see why I think it's the worst, but there's a lot of reasons. It all sucks. I literally do not disagree with Sarah on anything. Therefore, Shana is wrong. Sarah and I are correct. Always. It's always like us on the same. We should start like. I know you guys, I say things and you guys look at me like I'm a lunatic so often. Like I I forget what. I think last week I said I barefoot driving. You both looked at me like I'm the craziest person. That's illegal, Shana. It's illegal. Only in some states. Only in some states. First of all, only in some states. Second of all, oh it's more comfortable. If it was uh, driving in socks was illegal, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Shayna. The grimy little toes on the, the back. <laughs> I do not have grimy toes. If you're driving your car, yes, yes. All right. Then this is enough of this. <laughs> like I said, I say things and you two are like, what is wrong with her? I, perhaps you should reflect on that in some quiet moments. Oh, me. <laughs> all right. We uh, appreciate you all sticking with us for 
very the most hectic spirited, men ever. Very spirited. Uh, you, between what actually got published and what went on behind the scenes, you'll never know. This is our most hectic episode ever. Um, but we love you guys so much for listening. We love you guys for supporting our show, for supporting us with merch. Um, follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. Uh, why are you laughing at me? Oh, because I just, he said, oh. well, on Twitter at two underscore man. And I just like flexed on my, um, Sarah's wearing a, a new merch, which is an amazing sweatshirt. I love it. It's like lighted up for the spring, summer, whatever date we're in currently. And, um, oh, that's a premium, right? Yeah, I have, we have those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't put that before I got my pay cut. <laughs> so anyway, you can follow us on Twitter. You can buy our merch. You can follow us online at TooManyMenPod.com. Of course, subscribe to us on all your favorite channels. Um, we would encourage you again um, to keep doing the work um, to help bring about change to make this the world that we all really want to see. Um, Erica's YouTube series continued this week. Um, and Black Girls Hockey Club is also putting on um, a fantastic looking webinar for Juneteenth. Yes, who's going to be there? Uh, it's going to be Saturday. I think there's going to be a ton of people there. Go register, check it out. Um, and again, just keep doing the work. Take 10 minutes a day. Um, find a way to be better. Learn something you didn't know. Do something nice for somebody else. And uh, with that, uh, we will see you guys next week. Love you. Oh, I'm I'm looking at the video, you're on the left of me, so you're pointing at me and I'm like, what did I do? I'm leaving all this in. Goodbye friends, we love you. Bye, I love you.